This program is brought to you by Bible Way Media, a work of the Ulaga Church of Christ. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The topic for discussion today in episode 32 is going to be from 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 10. God will once again, at the end of this age, shut the door to the ark and flood the world, but not with water. 2 Peter chapter 3 verses 10 through 12 read, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for the hastening of the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. There's a day coming in which God is going to destroy the world. And it's going to come when no one is expecting it. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. When you're not looking for it, God is going to come in judgment. The heavens are going to pass away with a great noise. Everything here on this earth is going to be gone. And the elements will melt with a fervent heat. The world is going to be burned up. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. There's not going to be anything that is going to be left. Things that are not normally capable of catching on fire are going to burn, are going to melt, are going to be gone when God returns a second time to judge the world. Nothing in this world is going to be worth losing your chance to be with God. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be? Peter uses the word therefore. Because of verse 10, he says, therefore, now because all these things are going to be burned up, all these things are going to pass away, what manner of person ought we to be in holy conduct and godliness? Shouldn't, shouldn't godliness be first in our lives? Shouldn't we put it first because nothing in this world is going to last into eternity? Everything physical in this world is going to be gone. The only thing that is going to last into eternity is our souls, and whether we will be in heaven or hell. In verse 12 it says, Looking for the hastening of the coming of the day, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. God will once again at the end of this age shut the door to the ark and flood the world, but not with water. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 10 and 11, the Bible says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are all well known to God, and I also trust are well known in your consciences. And so, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul tells the brethren there at Corinth, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. The day of the Lord is coming like a thief in the night, according to Peter. Paul says we all must appear before the judgment seat of God, or the judgment seat of Christ. The day is coming. It's not going to pass anybody by. The heavens are going to pass away with a great noise, 
and the elements will melt with fervent heat. And on that day, we are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ to receive what we have done in the body, whether it be good or bad. How is your life going to judge out? How is God going to determine whether or not we go to heaven or we go to hell? And when that day comes that everything is going to pass away and God is going to shut the door of the ark spiritually and no more souls are going to be able to get on the ark, where are you going to fall? In verse 11 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. Can you imagine the terror that will be going on when all these things come to pass? When the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night with a great noise and the elements melt with a fervent heat. Can you imagine the terror that it's going to bring on those that know they're not right with God? In John chapter 8 and verse 32, it says, And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. If you have followed the truth that Jesus has set before us in his word, John chapter 17 and verse 17, sanctify them by thy truth, thy word is truth, then it's not going to be a terrible day. Blessed are those who die in the Lord, according to John, the book of Revelation. It's going to be a wonderful day. But knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11, knowing that God is going to take vengeance on those who do not obey him, Paul said, because of this, I'm going to remain faithful. I'm going to do what I need to do in order to stay out of hell because there is going to come a day in which God's going to judge the world. In John chapter 12, in verses 48 through 50, the Bible says, He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Notice verse 48 with me again. He who rejects me and does not receive my word has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. The last day that's being spoken of here is the same day that Peter talked about in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. It's the same day as Paul would speak of in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 11. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. It's the same day that Acts chapter 17 verses 30 and 31 speak of as well. Truly this time of ignorance God once overlooked, but has commanded all men everywhere to repent, for he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. The day in which God is going to shut the door to the ark is coming. A day in which everyone in the world is going to be judged. A day in which either you're going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. It's the same as it was on the ark. In Genesis chapter 7, verse 16, the Bible says, So those that entered male and female of all flesh went in as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. Eight people were saved that day. Eight people got on the ark. Noah preached to the world. He took the message to the world and told them there's a day in which God is going to flood the world. But they didn't listen. They did not listen to him. There's a day in which God is going to shut the door to the ark, and no one else is going to be able to get on except for the eight people that got on the boat got on the ark. All the rest of them, they didn't listen. And God shut the door. And judgment day came, and the rain began to fall. And when it reached their necks, I bet they understood that it was over, that they were going to drown. Can you imagine for a moment the terror of the Lord that was before them in that day? 
Can you imagine the terror of the Lord that's going to be before all the people that say they know God? Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall inherit the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father who is in heaven. It was the same with the eight people that were on the ark. Not everyone that confessed God was on the ark. But not everyone that said unto me, Lord, Lord, shall inherit the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father who is in heaven. It didn't matter if they had confessed God or not. If they did not obey him and get on the ark, they were going to be lost. There will be a day in which God judges the world. God will once again, at the end of this age, shut the door to the ark and flood the world, but not with water. You see, in in Noah's day, the world was flooded with water. The world was destroyed, and Noah and his family was going to start over when the floodwaters receded. And the door of the ark was going to be opened, and they were going to get out and be able to start all over again. There's going to be a day in which God will judge the world. And it's not going to be temporary this time. They are not going to get out of the ark to repopulate the earth. It's going to be over. And everyone that is on the ark is going to be saved and have a chance at, and, and go to heaven with, the, with Jesus. But those that have the door shut and they find themselves on the outside, they are going to be lost eternally. And that is a scary, scary thing. But the day is coming when God will once again, at the end of this age, shut the door to the ark and flood the world but not with water. This time it's going to be with fire. The elements are going to burn up with a fervent heat and everything is going to be destroyed. And if you're not on the ark, you're going to have lost your way. There is no way for you to be saved. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 18 through 22, the Bible says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who formerly were disobedient, when once the divine longsuffering waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. There is also an antitype which now saves us, baptism, not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven at, and is at the right hand of God. Angels and authorities and powers have been made subject to him. You see, there is an antitype which now saves us. He had just talked about Noah and the ark in verse 20, who formerly were disobedient when the once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared in which a few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. How was Noah and his family saved? They were saved by water. They got onto the ark. They were obedient to God. They went through the doors of the ark, and the water washed away the sins of the world. The church is that ark today. In Acts chapter 22 and verse 16, Ananias told Paul, Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. The waters of the ark washed away the sins of the world where Noah and his family could start anew, could start afresh. And it's going to be the same way with the church, with the ark. In Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 2, verses 38 to 47, Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. In verse 40 here, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Does this sound like what Noah would have preached during the time of Noah when the ark was being prepared? Be saved from this perverse generation. The world was evil. Their thoughts were continually evil. And so Noah was preaching to them, be saved by getting onto the ark so that the water will wash away all the disobedience in the world. Notice verse 41. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Remember Acts chapter 22 and verse 16. And why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. In verse 41 of Acts chapter 2. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. The people that gladly received the preaching of Noah was on the ark, and everyone else stood outside the ark. And when the waters came and the doors of the ark were shut, they did not have a chance of being saved. That's why baptism is necessary for salvation. Those that gladly received him were baptized. They were obedient. They had their sins washed away by water. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Those that got onto the ark were added to the saved, because the sins of the world were being washed away. In verse 42 of Acts chapter 2, it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all, as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking of bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as were being saved. And the Lord added to the church, the church being the ark, daily such as were being saved. The ark saved Noah and his family from the sins of the world when the water washed away the sins of the world, and thus does the church today. It saves us from the sins of the world because we have our sins washed away in the watery grave of baptism, which is where we are added to the saved. You see, the church is the ark today. And there's going to be a day in which God shuts the doors of the ark and no more souls will be able to get into it. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 17, it says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, talking about the day of judgment, the day of the Lord. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10, the day in which we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, the day in Acts chapter 17, verse 30 and 31, that is coming, the day that Jesus was speaking of in John chapter 12, verses 48 through 50, that the word is going to judge the world. That day is what is being talked about here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. When the day of the Lord comes, the door of the ark is going to be shut. And nobody else is going to be able to get on. In Matthew chapter 26 or 25 and verse 46, And these will go away into everlasting punishment but the righteous into everlasting life. When that day comes, there's going to be two sets of people, just as there was 
on the day which the world was flooded. Those that were obedient to God, who were saved on the ark, and those that were disobedient to God, that were on the outside of the ark looking in when God shut the door. And it's going to be the same same way when the Lord comes back a second time to judge the world. God will once again, at the end of this age, shut the door to the ark and flood the world, but not with water. So as we go about our lives today, let's take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you. So, as we go about our lives today, let's take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this program. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, or Podbean. Thanks for listening.